0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi a better place to live, work, and play. We've got a great show today. In the second half, we're going to be talking with Mayor Fofo Gillich, the mayor of the city of Biloxi, about reopening the economy and you know the good news for Memorial Weekend and then what's the path forward look like. And in this first segment, we've got Jeff Clark. Uh, he's got such a great story. He and his son, Charlie, actually started a, an Internet kids show during the quarantine. Uh, episode 8 is about to come out. He's a former uh, entertainment writer for The Sun Herald. You may know him from that. And he's also done music podcasts. We'll talk about all that in a second. But he's currently the public information officer for Harrison County. But anyway, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey,
0: thanks a lot for having me, Ricky. I'm honored to be here and uh, glad to be opening up for, for Mayor Gillich. You know, what What an honor. I'm,
1: I'm proud to be here. <laughs> he's a great guy. I had a super uh, uh, extended COSEU session with him when I first started the show back in January. And, you know, he's just so smart. You know, he cut his teeth you know, as a computer scientist, and and did really well doing that. And and uh, and he's you know really a problem solver, and he's very humble. It's been great to to get to know Fofo better, but I look forward to having a conversation with him uh, coming up. But you know, Jeff, you've got a great story. I got to know you when you were the entertainment editor at the, at the our, our writer at the Sun Sun Herald, and uh, I enjoyed the podcast you did from the Sun Herald. I actually watched it just about every morning. And, uh, you know, you've been you've been around technology and been using technology for for a good part of your life. Um, but you've got a great story to tell. And you're a wonderful father. It's been so awesome watching you uh, with your with your son, Charlie, who's only five. You and uh, Dana live in uh, Bass Jan. And, uh, and so it's been fun watching that. But I, what I want to do, I want to bring Charlie in in the second half and talk about your show. But in this in this first segment, I want to talk about you, you know, where you came from. Some of the challenges you had to, along the way that, that actually positioned you to be such father. So, uh, you
0: mind if I go there with you? No, not at all, man. I'm I'm, I'm glad to be here. You know, yeah. Hey, so and I will say that. this: I'm glad to yeah. see that you're able to take that concept I had at the Sun Herald and like really, really do something awesome with it. You know, I think well, about that balance you. your show.
1: Man. So, well, thank you very much. It's been it's been exciting. I've I've enjoyed. Really focusing on the best of coastal Mississippi and the people behind uh, the scenes and, you know, get to know the people who are running uh, companies and then and political life and get to know, you know, the, the person behind the public face, so to speak. And, uh, you know, it's, my show, as you know, it's, it's all positive. It's all focused on the best of coastal Mississippi. We rarely criticize or anything. It's too much good to, to focus on, even in this pandemic situation. And your story is one of them. You know, you have a very inspirational story to tell. So, tell me about where you grew up and a little bit more about your path. So, I grew up in
0: Aberdeen, Mississippi, which is, it's in Northeast Mississippi. It's right in the middle of, uh, right between Tupelo and Columbus. Um, I went to school in West Point, Mississippi, and uh, my mom and my family still live in a town called Amory, Mississippi, which is, you know, right there beside Aberdeen. So, I I grew up in in, in a very small town, um, you know, went, went to school for until I changed schools. Went to school with the same people for seven years or more from the time we were in kindergarten. You know, it was just it was it was a very very small town. And um, I moved here from Columbus, Mississippi. I've lived a lot of other places. I've lived in, in uh, lived in New Orleans. Lived in Mobile. Lived in, lived a lot of other places. But I actually we moved here from Columbus, where I was working for. Uh, I was actually the publisher and editor of a, a weekly newspaper up there and uh we moved here in 2015 uh dana took a job in the past uh past Pas christian school district and we love it
1: here man we love living in past christian we just we love our life on the coast yeah past christian is such a wonderful place to live great. i had shipper mcdermott on recently and you know it's just uh it's just a cool place he's a great guy <laughs> he, well, he certainly certainly is, but you know it's uh, it's places like Past Christian and that feeling that you have, you know, being in that wonderful town. That, that this, it's the collection of communities like Past Christian, which makes Coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, and uh, and you're experiencing that now. So you uh, you actually uh, you toured with with a, with a rock band. Tell me about that. Uh, so I had a uh, one of my one of my
0: best friends, one of my childhood best friends. uh, he and, a, and another guy I went to school with and a friend of ours from Columbus, they actually were, were the founding members of a band called Blind Melon, real popular in the uh, in the early 90s. Had a real big hit with a, with a song called No Rain. It's like three or four million albums. And anyway, um, you know, my friend Rogers, he was, went to school together, had been friends and moved to LA and started this band. So when they, uh, after their first record came out, before No Rain, before they got really huge, he asked me to uh, go out with them as a guitar tech and I did that and then you know, I've had a couple of careers in my life. Well you know, I was in journalism for twenty something years, but before that I was in food service. Like I, I cooked and uh, did that sort of thing. So I was actually I worked for Blind Melon when they were making their second album, they made it in New Orleans, so I was, you know, cooking for them and being a personal assistant and just doing that sort of stuff. And it was uh you know, I got to live in the French Quarter, it was it was a real I was in my early
1: twenties, it was just a very Amazing time in, in a young man's life, you know. Great. Yeah, I I I um uh, as you know, I've spent some time in New Orleans myself, lived over in the warehouse district and you know, just I mean that's, that's such a hotbed of culture. You know, it's amazing. It's Absolutely. an amazing place. So um so you, uh, you you had some challenges along the way. You told me that you you even had heart surgery that, that yeah. I think was maybe a wake up call for you. Tell me about that. So
0: you know, I, I, and, and this is no slight on my dad whatsoever. My, my, I'll say this about my father. He was a Vietnam vet. He went to Vietnam when he was 18 years old. I think he was only one of five or six uh, members of his platoon that actually made it back. So my, my father was an alcoholic. Um, he had a really bad alcohol problem. He was, uh, he was a great guy. You know, he, he worked. He was a functioning alcoholic. But once, you know, he he just never, I think about it, you know, especially like with Memorial Day having been this past Monday, you know, the, the veterans that died serving their country. I feel like my father qualifies for that because because he could never really get over going to Vietnam. It just it really destroyed his life with alcoholism. So mm-hmm. I grew up in, in that kind of home. And, um, you know, there's a lot of chaos, a lot of unpredictability, a lot of predictable unpredictability in growing up in an alcoholic home. And uh, I, I got into my own thing with, like, overeating and, you know, just being uh, – being an overweight teenager with a lot of anxiety and anger from, from growing, you know, from being around that sort of thing. I mean, it just, it, it pushed me into where, to my own issues where I, I started drinking at a, at a very early age, started uh, getting into, you know, experimenting with drugs along with the alcohol. And then I just, uh, I guess when I was in my early twenties, I got introduced to cocaine, which for someone who had low self-esteem and that sort of thing, it was like, the, the perfect drug. Now, I'm not saying that it's a perfect drug that I recommended at all. I'm just saying, but for someone who had those kind of issues, it just really fit where I was at and what I felt like I needed, you know, and then mm-hmm. I, uh, I ended up battling, uh, you know, you, you start that stuff innocently, you know, you're just partying, you just get your little self-esteem up and stuff like that. And then, you know, 20 years later, you're, you're still fighting, Fighting that, you know, you've developed an addiction to it. It's progressed, and uh, but anyway, in uh, the, in twenty twenty eleven, I was, you know I put that behind me, and uh, a lot of a lot of things happened that year. I met my wife the next year, or the woman that would be my wife, Dana, and then the next year we got married, and um, then like in twenty fourteen, when uh, we were pregnant with Charlie, or she's pregnant with Charlie, you know, I had uh after stopping using drugs and alcohol for that many years. I'd, you know, I had quite a weight problem. Um, and just the wear and tear I put on my body, um, in the, the summer of 2014, I had to have open heart surgery going in to have four arteries unclogged and they ended up unclogging five. So, you know, I didn't have a heart attack, no damage to my heart, but it just, you know, my life had already changed a whole lot by that point, as far as getting sober and staying sober, because, you know, when you're, you're an alcoholic or drug addict, you try, there, there's many points in your life for most people where they try to get sober or make attempts at it. This time, it, you know, I, I, I did it and, uh, you know, then I, then I had my heart surgery and, you know, the, the ways that those things have impacted and changed my life, it's, it's just amazing because of where I'm
1: at now. So, Charlie, what, I mean Charlie, so Jeff, what I love about your story with Charlie, though, is how you've embraced fatherhood so wonderfully and you're so you, I have a sense that you just are every day so happy to be alive, and when you look, let me tell you what. I, in the conversations I have had with people who have been in drug and ha- alcohol scenarios, um, you know, I don't know if you saw my conversation with Brad Arnold from Three Doors Down, but you know, it was an it was just incredible the way he embraced sobriety when he finally decided to do something about it, and then you look at. Cardi Foundation. When his mother dropped him off homes of Grace, she fully expected for him to die. She thought she was dropping him off. And, and when you look at where he is today and the impact he's having on the community, we look at where you are today and look at where Brad is today and other, many others like it. It's a great story about there is hope when, you, when you're in an addictive situation. And um, and I thank you for that inspiration. Why don't we do this? Let's, um, we're coming to the end of this segment. This is Jeff Clark, he and his son Charles, who is five years old, have, have a wonderful kids show that they do on the internet. And we're going to come back in the second half and talk more about that. But we'll finish talking about Jeff's story first, and then uh, we'll we'll go in and tell you a little bit more about this wonderful show that they're doing. This is Jeff Clark. This is Ricky Matthews at CoachView, and we'll see you right after this uh break. <music>